Welcome to Industrial Strength Marketing, the show that challenges leaders across the supply chain to make marketing the strength of their business. Hi, my name is James Soto. I'm the industrial marketer best known for founding Industrial, the marketing agency trusted by leading global brands all across the world. I am sitting down with industrial leaders, marketers, and innovators to talk about their career insights and marketing that makes an impact and can make an impact to your business. So, all right, today I'm excited to be kicking off season three of the show with a two-part series with a great interview with HubSpot's very own VP of product, Nicholas Holland. I've got to warn you, this is kind of a raw episode with Nick, and he's actually going to let you get to know him as he actually irons out the story of how he joined HubSpot, mistakes he made along the way, and things that happened that serendipitously led him to joining the organization. And so for you business leaders, marketers, listeners, you know, people interested in MarTech, you're not going to want to miss this important lesson learned about the need to focus on problems, have a value proposition, and really look at your customer segments so that you're keeping yourself in check that you're, what you're doing is really best suiting their needs. So, and to set the stage a little bit about Nicholas, because we're just going to get right into it, is that he's a respected entrepreneur. He founded a company called Center Source, about a 50-person agency, Digital Dev, and he was very well known in multiple communities, East Coast and, and here in Nashville, around really entrepreneurship. And, and recently, he, his most recent venture was Popular, which is a sales enablement platform, and in really more in the form of a self-enabled content uh, platform, so you can really activate teams. He's going to tell you that story, but today, Nicholas is a leader of product development, at VP of product for the marketing hub at HubSpot. So this and the following episode, and even an encore after it, we're going to talk about a number of things, his journey. We're going to talk about a little bit about from inbound to experience. And then we're going to talk about these five key lessons he learned. So check out this short episode. I think it's really good context and you're going to have some really great content coming up. Let's get started. I thought where we could start is really, really talk about what happened with popular.me because like you had this established agency, you know, you know how, you know, that game it's, you know, you serve it every day. And, and I think I remember seeing once you got this wonderful gift that HubSpot sent you. It was like a barbecue set or something. I forgot what it yeah. was. Yeah, it was, man. It and was, I was uh... like, hmm. And, and you were trying to sell the business, you know, at the time, or you were, you know, you were trying to get investors. That, that's so why like, they hmm, had sent how it. How did that go down? How did that go down? Yeah. <laughs> I think the way to, to look at that story was I had the agency. Um, at our height, we had, I guess, 42 or 43 employees and I continually felt unhappy. <laughs> I don't know what else to to say. Like I always thought that I was destined for something bigger. I spent all the time reading the TechCrunch articles and so you know I had uh, an idea to do popular which originally you know, was to effectively make democratize web creation stuff for the non-techie people, and specifically the the initial idea was to like help the salesperson uh, be able to put some sales enablement to, materials together. And I did a, just a terrible job <laughs> of running that company. <laughs> uh, you know, we raised a bunch of money, and 
did some things that were pretty atypical for Nashville at the time. We got into a pretty well-known accelerator out in Silicon Valley called 500 Startups. And just like most uh, young, unskilled entrepreneurs tend to fall into, I fell in the trap of like with popular, I didn't stay true to who I was building it for. We drifted over time and soon I began to lean on one of my superpowers, which is, you know, I was very gregarious about all the problems it could solve. And, you know, every time I saw a problem, I basically, you know, when you're a hammer, every problem looks like a nail. I spent all the time telling everybody about uh, popular what I could do. So by the end, I was helping HR. I was helping uh, real estate. I was helping, you know, I, I remember at yeah. one point, I know what the sound of uh, willpower snapping sounds like. It's where effectively I was selling to Asurion and Sprint stores and they wanted to roll out popular to, you know, hundreds of stores across the nation to do training for their reps. Let the store manager do training. I was like, sweet. And they were like, uh, you know, how much does this cost? And I was like, it's $20 a person. And they were like, sweet. Well, we have like two people that work on this. So I guess it's 40 bucks a month and we can start using it. And I just remember just this out-of-body experience where I'm selling to a Shurion and Sprint a $40 a month solution. And so anyways, your question is that I realized that I had messed up so many things in that business and I was pretty tired and my CTO was pretty burned out. Tech was good, but you know, I'd done a pretty piss poor job of directing it. And so I said, uh, we're going to sell this. And we... We talked to the usual players here in town, and there was some interest. Um, but at the time, somebody put me on HubSpot's radar. And HubSpot basically was super cool. We chatted shop all day long. They, they were very complimentary, loved what I was doing. And, uh, and they specifically said, we'll, we'll put an offer in to buy you. And I was like, yes, it's going to happen. And the problem is, is that they, you know, for the, for the listeners here, the business owners, I think they'll get this. They said, we'll do this, but uh, we're not giving any money to your investors. And I said, I'm sorry, what now? They were like, <laughs> we're going to effectively do this as an aqua hire. Your technology is good, but we see what you've done more like a treasure map and more like your skills and your team skills. Your tech itself is built on an incompatible platform. So if we were to do it, we'd have to rebuild it. Two, you uh, have all these investors, but we don't want to give the money to them. We want to give the money to you. So meaning that they were going to do a big package, like an aqua hire package, and not pay back any of the money that we had yeah. raised. They, they wanted you. They wanted me and the team. And I knew it. I knew and it. So, I, I, and by the way, for anybody listening to our show, like, like you've, you've built, you know, you've been a big part and an advocate for digital, for marketing, for, for the, the startup ecosystem and the self-deprecating as you've been, that's not how it's been perceived. That's not the value provided in so many different ways. And even though you were at this stage with that one product, you know, we knew how you ran. We knew your thinking around code and leadership around it. So I, so, so I would, that's your truth. But I'll be honest with you, I knew it because I knew you. It's like, man, this guy is sharp. He knows how to run a product roadmap. He knows how to think. But man, you were being the, the hero for the whole thing. You were ultra pivoting. You're finding a market. Uh, you're being embedded in San Francisco and trying to like be into that world, which is maybe a little bit different from, I think, you know, 
I think the culture that you came up in. And so I saw that gift they gave and it was like custom made and everything. That's like, oh, okay, this is, yeah, this is, this is that kind of deal. So, well, I was gonna say what's even cooler about that though, is, uh, with my VCs, they basically said, you know, um, I talked to HubSpot a little bit and said, you know, can we get them something? And they said, yeah, we'll give them like a hundred grand or something like that. And, uh, and I remember talking to my VCs and they were like, well, if, yeah, it's, it's called the little bag of money. Uh, lesson, which <laughs> he was like, if you're asking me what I rather have no money or a little bag of money, I'll take the little bag of money. Uh, <laughs> what the VC said. And so I laughed about that, but long story short, um, uh, the VC said, you know, if you've got an offer on the table, why don't you put uh, put some feelers out? And another local company, Jeremy Bowles' company, uh, uh, Kindful, ended up saying, we'll buy it. And they said, we don't want to get into a bid war with HubSpot. But, um, but ultimately, I said, you know, if I don't have to have golden handcuffs and I don't have to move uh, and you guys can match and we can get it to the investors, then we'll – well, I'll be happy. And so Kindful was good and that's what they did. And so I ended up selling the Kindful. And so the gift to show you how classy HubSpot is, that gift came when they saw the announcement that I had sold to Kindful. So they still sent that yeah. even after I so was So that was legit when they, uh, that, when they thanked you for that? Isn't that <laughs> now crazy? It comes back. It how comes classy, back. how classy <laughs> to send it six months after I basically turned them down and they did it. Now, the reason why I tell you that's so classy is because that after that, after uh, that all gone down, they said, hey, we've got a cool option for you to run our, our innovation or labs division out of Dublin. You want to give it a shot? And I was like, sure. And yeah. uh, so that's how I got started with them because Center Source, the agency, was already winding down. And, uh, and I had already sold out popular. And so that's how I got started. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, so I think the lesson I, I heard, you know, like I like keep a little notes of like, kick butt quotes you know what i mean because i always like i could never remember them right and uh you know it's this thinking about popular and you know it, uh, zig ziglar said uh don't become a wandering generality be a meaningful specific so zig ziglar says we must not be a wandering generality we need to be a meaningful specific and then i think when we think about positioning we think about our businesses we think about are we addressing the problem in the market and as we are looking for opportunities, I think we have to sometimes realize that if we are not doing that, it's, you know, we, we are acting as the hammer and everything looks like a nail. But I think, you know, I think Nicholas was the product <laughs> and he was really something that I think HubSpot was very interested in. They saw his talents. I know him. I consider him a friend. And I know his amazing talents and I think you're going to see them in the product itself. So on that note, I just want to pause and set up next week's part two with Nicholas, where we'll hear the inside scoop on his view of transitioning our thinking as leaders, as marketers from inbound marketing to really considering the massive impact of looking at it at every touch point of the customer's experience. So I want to thank you so much for making time in your day to listen to the Industrial Strength Marketing Show. I hope you heard just even one thing that inspires you to make marketing even more, a strength of your business, and for insights from industrial marketers. If you'd just like to reach out to us, visit us at industrialstrengthmarketing.com. Next week's going to be awesome. We'll see you then.